Empty your mind, be formless, shapeless like water. If you put water into a cup, it becomes the cup. You put water into a bottle, and it becomes the bottle. You put it in a teapot, it becomes the teapot. Now water can flow, or it can crash. Be water, my friend. If you have not been able to tell, we are discussing the Bruce Lee documentary, Be Water, on this episode of the This Is Believe One podcast. I am joined by Elaine Shercliffe. Hi. Now, I decided to open with that quote because it gives you a little bit of an idea into how Bruce Lee wanted to, I guess, attack certain things or just how he embraced his life. I, I found it very interesting because they, they talked about it very early on in his in, in the documentary and when he was doing the training and how he wasn't going everything right. Then he punched the water. Then he realized that water was essentially the key to everything that he wanted. I found that very interesting. Yeah, I did too. Um, I mean, because it makes... Like, first of all, it really humanized him in the sense that people definitely get mad about things and hit things. <laughs> um, but he was able to, in that moment, just come to a realization of how he wanted to live his life. So I thought that was a, a really cool aspect of his personality, that he took his anger and he just turned it into something so much better. Yeah, that's that's a good way to put it. And um, full disclosure on this first topic we're talking about, um, this is going to be political in a sense, but not that we're diving deep into anything. We're just going to make some comparisons and some statements about things, not taking sides either way. But it was very clear early on in in this that there are some parallels that you could draw between what happened back in the 60s to what's happening currently in this country. And I found it very interesting by the timing of the release of this documentary and how, I don't want to say well it lines up, but it, it it's certainly an interesting comparison to make, even though the events are over 50 years apart. Yeah, the timing was pretty impeccable. <laughs> um, and because of that, though, I wish more people would have watched it, or at least from the way it was on Twitter and in the hashtag, it didn't seem like nearly as many people sat down and watched this episode um, So I, as the other two. So I, I really wish that it was something that people had really sat down and watched and soaked in because there was just a lot to take in and a lot of parallels to make the show that we haven't really gone as far as we think we have in this country. So. And, and that's, that's a very accurate statement because th there are a lot of <laughs> saying as far, we have not gotten as far as we thought we have uh period is just a blanket statement, but you know, certain parts of the country, certain ways things are handled uh things are much more similar than they are different than i think people want to admit but it's not just a a political aspect in terms of in terms of martin luther king 
and uh, uh, Malcolm X, it is there were some stereotypes and some uh, things that Bruce Lee had to overcome when he was that they when he, when he was here and that they described uh, because they gave a little bit of uh, maybe some insight or some information to people that maybe don't know or don't remember to how a lot of uh, you know Asian people end up becoming to this country on the western side of the country you know in California then there was the one part where they said they essentially just kicked them all out which was absolutely just astounding to think that that happened at that time yeah there was just so much about the history of that time that I didn't even didn't even know or maybe just never registered I don't I don't even know but it was a uh, very eye-opening and to see how I never knew um, how badly they were represented in um, in Hollywood even though I like love breakfast at Tiffany's and I've seen it a million times for the longest time it never registered that that was like Mickey Rooney um, God, that portrayal was so offensive. So, like, when you look back on it, you're like, oh, my God, wait, that was really bad. And that's the thing is when when you constantly see it and no one's saying anything, you're like, oh, well, that's just how it was back then. Or that's just, you know, when, when you don't see anything different, when you don't see it portrayed properly, you think that, oh, I guess this is just the way it is. Um which is, you know, kind of what he was saying when it came to him picking roles. Yeah, and another another role that they showed was John Wayne as Genghis Khan. Like that was so awkward and weird for so many reasons because he usually is the good guy first of all. <laughs> and John Wayne is a, he's a very distinctive way of talking and a very distinctive voice, and is. And- they could put as much it. makeup and stuff on him to make him look very poorly like Genghis Khan like they did, but as soon as he starts talking, it's like, yep, that's John Wayne. And it's just like, it's so wrong. I mean, when you think about how many people were living near, within like two, three hours of Hollywood who were of Asian descent or Oriental descent, and they chose not to have them be a part of those roles, like, it's even more just I don't want to say disgusting but like it's I'll say it it's it's, disgusting yeah I don't know how to wrap my mind around that when there were so it's easy when you can say oh well there there's like no orientals that are in this area but then you think about how one of the biggest Chinatowns is in San Francisco which is not that far (laughs) from Hollywood and they can't even use that excuse they just straight up just didn't care, I guess. Uh, they knew what they were doing when, when it came down to this. They were going on bankable stars versus act- accurate portrayals, and that's that's exactly what happened. And these essentially caricatures of people that you know Mickey Rooney and John Wayne played uh, certainly led to some uh, other decisions that we saw from Bruce Lee himself and some other decisions that were made 
in spite of Bruce Lee, which we'll get into later. But it's I, I thought it was something to bring up now, early on, uh, just to, I guess, set the stage for later. Yeah, I do. Um, I kind of wish they would have dived into it a little bit more on that race aspect from, like, how he and Linda experienced it. Um, especially once they got married, they kind of touched on it, but I was just really curious, like, what that was like, and I also didn't realize that so many states, even in the 70s, had, like, bans on interracial marriage. There's just a lot that I just, I guess I didn't realize, um, yeah. Uh, a lot of, a lot of things... Uh, lasted a lot longer than they should have. Uh, the word archaic can be used uh, in multiple things, uh, <clears throat> in multiple aspects of uh, analyzing what we watched. Uh, one being the way that uh, Asian actors were handled and how they did not necessarily cast them in the most flattering light. The other being the <laughs> interracial marriage bans that were still prevalent even going into the 1970s, and I'm pretty sure a couple lasted a little bit later, but uh, don't quote me on that. Yeah. Uh, but, okay, moving on. Happier topics. Okay. I guess kind of happier. Uh, I had no idea he was a child actor. I didn't either. I love that story they told, though, where he took his, like, cla his classmates <laughs> to a movie, and he's like, yeah, let's go see The Orphan. And they're like, cool, okay, let's go. And then they're watching it like, dude, that's you! Like, <laughs> You're the star! <laughs> I, I did not know he... I mean, admittedly, uh, my knowledge of Bruce Lee to begin with was very limited. Uh, I'm sure you were similar in your knowledge of Bruce Lee. <laughs> uh, so, again, I did not know he was a child actor. I did not know uh, his father was part of a Chinese opera, I believe. Was that what they referred it to? Uh, yeah, he's a he was in the Chinese opera. Um, so I had no idea about his background and uh, how apparently his father was sort of reluctant to include him in this, uh, you know, show business. But I found it interesting because that's just something that it seems to get glossed over when you talk about, you know, the legend or the myth of Bruce Lee is that it's always about, you know, the, the four movies he made later in life and his, uh, his dying at an early age and... It's very rarely it does his uh, his younger days get discussed, and you know how he grew up in his family, and how he's actually born in San Francisco, but then moved to Hong Kong, and then going back to the United States later. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> I was just thinking about all that. Um... I didn't realize he had moved back and forth so much. I also didn't know he was an American citizen until um, until this documentary came out. I did like that when someone asked him. I like the way he answered the question when uh, that one interviewer asked him if he considers himself a North American or an Oriental and... He was like, I would like people to consider me a human being. And I was like, that's a really good answer. Like, we're so caught up 
and mm. where we're from without realizing that we all are like the same. And consider how old that interview is. It's in black and white, okay? Right, That's right. An, that is an old-ass interview. And you know what? What he said there rings true today. Mm-hmm. Consider people human beings. But moving on, uh, to not get back into that circle of... Sorry, yeah. Uh, I but just... I, I felt it very important to, I guess, emphasize that particular quote that you brought up. Uh, just put a little bit more emphasis on it. But uh, <clears throat> he he took up, you know, martial arts and stuff uh, a little bit later. And he apparently resulted in getting a whole bunch of fights. Which was essentially him leading to him getting kicked out of Hong Kong, <laughs> in so many words. I mean, wouldn't you want to fight him just to see, like, you would say, I fought him and I lost, but I fought him. And then by chance that you might actually win. I I don't know if I would do that because I'm I'm very weak. <laughs> <laughs> but I could see how that happened. Yes. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't want to fight him. I, I know better. Uh, but I can see why people would. Yeah. Just for that off chance they, they hit somebody with that one... They catch him with that offhand that one time, but... So, he has to leave Hong Kong. He ends up settling in Seattle. And he starts teaching martial arts. And apparently he did something that was not, apparently, uh, a common practice necessarily widely accepted at the time. And that was teaching it to non-Asian people. Which I found yeah. interesting. <laughs> that I mean, that was cool. And, like, his dream of um, putting so many schools in the, in the area or across the country. Um, mm -hmm. and, and like his wife, Linda had said that he really was about, well, and even his daughter, I think said at the end about bridging the gaps and, you know, combining the two, like, okay, so you live here in America, but I am also Oriental from background. And he was, and he was like, I'm going to show you what it's like in my culture. Mm -hmm. And, they were all very open. They all seemed, well, from the way that the documentary portrayed it, they, they seemed very open to that idea um, and embraced it. So by doing the classes for not just Chinese and um, other Asian Americans and Orientals, he, he was able to help bridge that gap and create more understanding I, I think, in my opinion. And also, like, what a great teacher to have because if you watch the way he does things and it's, like, it's beautiful. It's mm -hmm. so beautiful. So slightly terrifying. Like, I, <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't want to be anywhere near that. Um, but it's it's so beautiful. The way he moves is just... And, like, they the only comparison that they could have, they, they were able to put up there was Muhammad Ali and even then like he made Muhammad Ali look kind of slightly clunky on his feet because he was just such a, a just every movement he did was so beautiful and technically sound at the same time and it's so rare to get both I don't know smooth is the way I, I like to describe it very smooth very 
he's able to go from movement to movement with extreme ease and uh he really embraced the whole be water uh type of things that's essentially what he was <laughs> if you watched him you know put on these demonstrations and show him you know teaching people and fighting is very adaptable yes and very. that led to uh him getting his part on the green hornet which i don't know if people knew that he was on the green hornet television show uh, many people probably remember the movie with Seth Rogen from a year, couple years back. <laughs> Maybe they shouldn't remember that one. It wasn't that good. Uh, <laughs> but apparently the, the ratings for the TV show weren't that good either. So uh, I found it very... Uh, I keep using the word interesting a lot, but I'm using it again. I found it interesting that he seemed to speak up for himself during the during the production of the show like give me more speaking lines or i should be more than just a chauffeur or uh you know servant to this uh green hornet character yeah i thought that was really cool because how many times do you hear people say um they were too scared to say something or they felt self-conscious or they were you know, afraid to lose their job. And he didn't care because he thought it was wrong and he knew he was good and he deserved so much more. And so he just took that energy and confidence and asked for it. I can't believe it worked out. <laughs> <laughs> You know, at least, they, I mean, they gave him a little bit. They it, they didn't give him a ton, but, you know, I was surprised. Uh, what it comes down to, uh, is he didn't really want to be a, a caricature. Because so many Asian portrayals were uh, caricatures. I mean, whether it be someone like Mickey Rooney or John Wayne doing uh, whatever you want to call that... Uh, or if they actually, they showed all those cartoons and other, you know, movies and whatever that was. There was basically two different portrayals of Chinese or Asian people. And it was either the, the railroad worker or uh, the old guy with the really long beard. And that was it. Yep. And, and that... he didn't want to be that. And I don't blame him. Right. And I wish more people, I mean, I've, I've fallen into this trap too. Um, like at job at other jobs, um, not my writing stuff, but like my other jobs that supply the money where I was like too afraid for a while to be like, no, this is wrong. Or like these double standards, um, just to point these things out. And I'm glad that I eventually stopped giving a shit, but I wish more people would do that. Like you see it with a lot of female actresses actors they're like saying that they wish that women weren't objectified so much in the films but they all were taking those roles because they knew that it was their door in instead of like trying to fight against that and say like I refuse to do this um, and I get that that's really hard because if you this is your dream and you um you want to do this and you want to make the money eventually, you think, hey, I will 
sacrifice a part of myself so that one day I can make it and then I can make a change then maybe, you know, I mean, that's just an example. It happens all the time on every spectrum. Mm-hmm. And I just, I, I wish, like I said, I wish more people watched it because I feel this could have given some people that extra step that a reaffirmation of reaffirming that they will be fine if they don't stick to what's considered considered the status quo. Yeah, what it comes down to is essentially, you know who you actually are, be yourself. And he knew who he was. He wanted to be himself and not be what was essentially an offensive stereotype. Right. And that's kind of like what, the, what I, I see like being water as as well. Mm-hmm. Where he said, you know, when you pour yourself into a cup, you're the cup. And you're, you know, like you're taking that shape. But you're still yourself. Because mm-hmm. you're still water, but you're that cup. So it's finding that balance where, okay, you want to be an actor and you still need to be yourself. You want to be a writer and you need to be yourself. Like, that was a pretty big, I mean... Just the be water thing, it, it it covers so much area, which kind of like water really does. Um, so, yeah. I, I think that's a, a very good way to, to, to sum that up, really, is... Uh... <laughs> is to is to bring up the the be water quote again because it's it's so like the quote itself and like water itself it's an adaptable quote yes yes it is now he didn't have the success he was looking for uh in the united states uh and for reasons that while watching this, you you knew what the reason was going to be. The reason that he was given was predictable. But in, predictable in the worst way possible. And it was essentially... Uh, they couldn't deal with an Asian actor. Yep. Uh, even in the trailer, they said that America wasn't ready for, for him. You know what I mean? It's just that... And it's, it's sad and disappointing because he had to go back to Hong Kong to make his movies. And you saw some of I saw you you saw him take out some of his frustration a little bit in the in this first couple movies with some of I'll say it uh oppression he was feeling through the uh I guess the American movie industry. Yeah. And so he starts doing the movies, he's getting success, he's being successful. Um, he, he, he fights Chuck Norris. <laughs> uh, by the way, holy back hair, good God. Uh, <laughs> uh, hello, 1970. Uh, uh, there was the, the very interesting... And very almost comedic battle in the game of death between him and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, where one of Kareem's legs is like as tall as Bruce Lee is, uh, 
who apparently Kareem was one of his students, so that was always that was kind of interesting to see throughout. Just you know, student friend. I'm just like, I'm like really? That's cool. <laughs> right. I love the way they. Um... The 30 for 30, the ESPN documentaries do that is they put what that person was at that time Mm -hmm. or what it meant to them. Yes. So like when they said, you know, former Chicago resident Barack Obama Mm -hmm. in the Jordan one and now this with, um, you know, friend slash student, I mean... I think that's a nice touch because you're getting to see that other side of that person as well. And you're not wrapped up on the other part of like, we're not looking at him as a basketball player. Then we're looking at him as, um, as someone who had a personal relationship with the person. Yes. Yeah, and exactly. that, that, that's that's a good way to put it. But I just I found that that fight sequence entertaining. I don't know about you though. Yeah. No, it was really entertaining because also I didn't realize just the I never realized the height difference. <laughs> <laughs> it was intense. <laughs> it was very traumatic. And, and, and for some people who who may not have been aware that that yellow uh, little jumpsuit should have been a little bit uh, reminiscent of a more recent movie that has come out. Uh, that was probably like 15 years ago now, though. Uh, <clears throat> uh, Uma Thurman wears it in Kill Bill. So I've never seen Kill Bill. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you've probably seen like the cover or an advertisement or a trailer I for have, it. I have seen the advertisement. Okay, so you've seen the, the same... Yeah. Yeah, so let's that's see. All, that's all I know, though. <laughs> uh, that's all you need to know. Just that there was some inspiration from that, and that's what it was from. Uh, by the way, Kareem Abdul Jabbar, seven foot two, Bruce Lee, five foot eight. Um, oh, seven foot two. So he's taller than like a lot of a lot of basketball players. Holy shit, man! Yeah, so uh, big difference there. <laughs> it was a foot and a half. That's crazy. It it seemed like uh, for a second that Bruce Lee was going to get a a second chance of uh, putting a TV show in front of an American audience with something called Kung Fu. Uh, But, again, as predictable as it could have been, they decided not to opt for Bruce Lee and go with David Carradine. Wouldn't it have been nice if just once someone said, America's not ready for this, but fuck it. We're going to do it anyways. <laughs> like, I, just, I wish that would have happened because I feel like some of, some of those movies and shows would have been so much better with the proper representation, especially from him. Yeah. That would have. Um, oh, by the way, David Carradine also in Kill Bill. Uh, <laughs> so should I? Should so I another watch? another Bruce Lee connection. I feel like I should have watched Kill Bill before before but, we did this. Yes. <laughs> uh, 
But, I mean, I think if they would have... What they should have done is just let Bruce Lee make the show that he wanted to make. (laughs) But, or at least the original version, which was supposed to have, not Dave Carradine. But... I think they... Let's just be honest. I think they should have given given him the shot that he... uh, he deserved and he rightfully earned. But. Oh, that's true. He definitely earned it. There's no way around that. I, I think a lot, a lot of uh, big strides could have been made if they decided not to opt for David Carradine. Oh, definitely. Um. I, I will say this, though. For the longest time, I thought that he was Asian, David Carradine. <laughs> Just because he, he played in so many roles um, that were for Oriental and Asians. You mm-hmm. know? like So I just assumed... That he was, um, but I was wrong. <clears throat> yep. Uh, let's see. Uh, primarily of Irish descent, Dave Carradine. But, <laughs> but, yeah, but I mean, like that just goes to show that when something is constantly put in front of you, and you're kind of like, oh well, maybe this is. It's it's a little bit of that. Uh... Oh, what is that? The Nelson Mandela effect is what it's called. Where people thought he died in the 80s, but he's not. Or it's Flintstones versus Flintstones. Or Berenstain Bears versus Berenstain Bears. Is that... Yeah. Where if it's just... It's not a perfect comparison, but you get the idea I'm coming along here with. It's just if it's put out there enough, eventually some people start to believe it. Right. And I was young. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, like if you see it out there enough, you're like, oh, well, I guess this man is, since he's in all of these films and all of these roles. Um, yes. I mean, now Walker, Texas Ranger, you know, like Chuck Norris, we knew because they made it very clear <laughs> <laughs> that he knew martial arts, but he was. Definitely not from that background. Yes. Uh, and there's no way they could have gotten around all of that red hair. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> he is ginger. <laughs> so, there's no way around it. Before we start recording, you said you wanted to mention some things about um, after he died. Yeah. I just... um, I... You know, people talk about, oh, how, how bad for you, you're famous, and life is good no matter what, and they don't like it when people complain about being famous, but there are some aspects that are just, I can't imagine having to go through. So, when they had the first viewing in, was it Hong, was it Hong Kong? No, uh, was it? 
it looked like Hong Kong, but I could be wrong. I, I can I can Google. Uh, keep going now. I'll, I'll. But like they they didn't even the family. It was just so overwhelming, and Linda's wife didn't have that chance <clears throat> to really say goodbye. And then they came back to America, and they still didn't have that chance. And then finally, when they were in Washington for that final funeral. Uh, she finally had a moment, and the kids finally had that moment to privately and respectfully grieve the loss of their loved one. I cannot imagine not being able to have to push it off for so long because so many eyes are on you, judging your every moment, watching your every moment, taking pictures so many pictures. I didn't even know that was a thing. I, I mean, so many pictures at a funeral while they're just trying to say goodbye. And I just, I, I will never get that, first of all. But also, it just, it shows you even more of what you sacrifice when you are married to someone who is a celebrity or you yourself are a celebrity. And you, you sacrifice the sort of like, mental aspect of your life yeah that's a good way to put it i mean they they uh they hit on that a little bit once once they went back to to hong kong and he was becoming a movie star there you could see that it was they, they showed some some footage i guess of of crowds and the way people were uh around him so having to deal with that type of uh, attention and that amount of people, just volume and the way that people are uh, are going to handle the death of a, a famous person, especially somebody like Bruce Lee, who who meant so much to them, that it's going to be uh, absolutely crazy when it when it comes to uh, a funeral or a, a memorial service. Yeah, I just can't imagine. Do you have any uh, final takeaways uh, from this? Uh, well, I really liked his mindset of just like owning who you are and not letting the adversity change who you are, um, but letting it strengthen you in a sense. Um, like I said earlier, I love the way he... Uh, you know, bridge the gap between things. And that's who he was, is he essentially was like a bridge builder. Uh, he wanted to connect everyone somehow, some way. Um, I just, I, you know, when we look at the other, the other documentaries and we see that like, they will do whatever it takes to get what they want. Um, and then we see Lance saying like, he'll literally do everything. <laughs> And then you have Bruce Lee, who's like, I will do everything but that. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to change who I am. I'm not going to become a worse person. I don't care if everyone else is doing this. If this is the norm, I'm not doing it. And I just, I, I don't know, I really like that. And I, I wish this was an athlete that 
we talked about more and maybe more people do and I just don't listen. That's a very good possibility that I'm not really uh, in that realm <laughs> of all of the sports that I watch. Um, but his mindset, I just, I'm so fascinated with his mindset and how it worked and how he was so at peace. Um, but also still had that fire and that hunger to be better, to do better, to make the change. I just, I really liked it. Yeah, I, I know people more closer to uh, my father's age and older than him um, will speak more, or, or I guess, I mean, Bruce Lee was dead by the time my dad was like not even 10, so. Um, but he still talked about him enough that uh, Bruce Lee was at least something that I was aware of and who he was, you know, growing up, not, you know, paying attention to it super that much, but I just, I was aware that he was a person, he was a martial artist and he was awesome. That, <laughs> so I, I knew that much, uh, you know, just growing up. Um, some takeaways I had, um, for as much as I love hearing people say fuck every five minutes, uh. <laughs> right. <laughs> it was a, it was a nice little nice little break for for a week after seven consecutive weeks of fuck and fucker and any other variation of it. Um, <laughs> it was actually very nice. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> uh, I they swore once or twice. Uh, asshole was bleeped out, and there might have been one other uh, usage of a, a curse word. Um, but I found that very, a little bit of a, a, a palate cleanser, let's put it that way. After yeah. after so much cursing for seven months. Hey, I love cursing. I do it all the time. I've done it on this very podcast today. Uh, but sometimes it's a, a little bit of a break. It could be nice. Um, the ending... Um, I like how they did not do the predictable ending that they could have just mailed it in with, which was the, uh, you know, after he died, this is the, this is the impact he had on this. Maybe he inspired these people to become actors or inspired these people to become martial artists. Maybe he inspired, uh, or was the, uh, the basis of a character in a video game. You know what I mean? It was... They made it very, I guess, sort of final after after he died. And they didn't do the, I guess, very predictable legacy crap that they could have done that we've seen in many other documentaries. Right. I like that as well. Um, because, you know, it's... Some people will hop on that train or it's not as genuine... Or it's not really who that person is, you know? Like, um, I like that it was just about him. Mm -hmm. And that's what he deserved, was it to be just about him. And yes, when you say, like, the legacy thing, but it also then becomes about someone else. So I like that it was, it ended and it was about him. And that was it. And that's what he deserved because... I feel like a lot of his life wasn't about just him and who he was. It was about, like, his nationality. Um, well, not his nationality because he was American. But his 
Well, it wasn't. It, it wasn't away. Uh, right. So it. Um, I don't know. I just like that. I like that they didn't make it about anyone else. Really, just what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. It. I mean, like I said, they could have very, uh, <laughs> very easily uh, done the the wrap it up way, but they didn't. And I like that they focused on. On Bruce Lee, um, you know, some of his mindset uh, and what he went through and how he adapted to his surroundings the best as he could and still made an impact that can be without them saying what the impact was. Right. Like, for me, these past, um, for at least the last dance and for Be Water is, there were some moments of, um, like, I don't know, I don't want to say sadness, but future disappointment in that, um, you know, we didn't get to hear what what his son Brandon really had to say about everything. And, you know, like in the last dance, thinking about how, like, yeah, Kobe was a part of it. But when we do, like, a LeBron documentary or, or a Kobe documentary, like, Kobe won't be a part of it like mm-hmm. some of these have been kind of um tough in that in that aspect you know i think about we could do it would have been cool to to hear bruce lee's side of everything you know and that was the the more difficult part for me watching it um is after getting used to seeing the face of the person that it was about or the people that it was about and not once really seeing like the the interviews from the people at Thirty for Thirty with that person, it it just really kind of hit home the reality that you know it was a very short life that was kind of like more what what more could have happened, and they kind of touched on that too. Is like, um, would it had kept going if he was still alive or or would it, there have been some sort of turning point and he maybe might not have been as famous or you know it it showed an interesting side to that as well mm-hmm. yeah sorry that was a little <laughs> slightly off topic i guess but i think it's a, a good way to i guess summarize these past uh three documentaries we've watched You know, <clears throat> but next week we have a uh, we have one. I think we have might have some more information on because you know we lived through it, we can remember it, yeah. and that would be and long, long gone summer. Uh, Sammy Sosa. <clears throat> I just I feel like I I liked this one with B Water because it wasn't so dramatic, <laughs> like it was. Um, it touched on a lot of things. You learned from it. It was kind of like retrospective. Like you got to really look at yourself as well while you were watching this documentary. Mm-hmm. And I mean, this was kind of like what I what I needed right now. Mm-hmm. And now I'm, I'm afraid that this next one's going to be like throw me off my balance. <laughs> it's going to be so dramatic. <laughs> it's going to be dramatic. And it's certainly... Um... 
just going to make people mad at Major League Baseball not playing right now. Uh, yeah. Because, I don't know if you've been paying attention, but, geez, they are further apart than ever right now in, in labor negotiations. So, uh, probably going to make people a lot, uh, really mad after this, this airs, because people are like, God damn it, I want to go watch some people who hit some dingers. <laughs> right. <laughs> to, to be honest, like, I just want to stop hearing about it. I just, I am so exhausted with, like, phase one, phase two of the NHL. and like, is the MLB going to play? At this point, I don't care. Just play the sport or don't play the sport, but stop talking about it because I can't handle it anymore. <laughs> But honestly, I would be fine with a sportsless summer. <laughs> I know. Uh, sorry, I'm <laughs> very aggressive <laughs> about this right now. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, everybody wants sports back. It's uh, coming back eventually. Yeah, uh, it's coming back as long as you're not like a minor league team. <laughs> Yikes. Ugh. Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't know what else to say. <laughs> uh, until then, be water. <laughs>